Welcome to the Rim 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 Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. The show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. Well, welcome back to the show. I'm glad you're here, and I am excited today because we have and are going back into the archives during this few uh, sessions of startup. Uh, to talk about startups. And if you listened to the last session, you heard Steve Richard's story. And today we're going to be presenting an interview I did with Chris Haar of United Document Storage in Los Angeles. And you get a opportunity to hear his story. And I'm excited to share that one with you. But before we go into that interview, I just wanted to let you know that I am interested in hearing your stories, hearing your questions, hearing things you want to talk about, learn about, be involved in on this show. Uh, this show is going to be a weekly broadcast, and we're going to cover all sorts of stuff in the RIM-related services industry, including shredding, destruction, scanning and imaging, uh, record storage, media vaulting, data protection, the whole thing. I'm going to use this show as a forum to to really explore what's going on in our industry without the constraints of sort of the association structure without the constraints of having to be politically correct. Uh, we're going to talk about all stuff going on. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to compare things. I'm going to do all sorts of stuff on this show that I think will be very helpful to you as an audience. So for the time being, uh, get a hold of me. I'd love to hear from you. Go to the uh, website, rimproreport.com, and you can have access to uh, our show hotline and contact details or send me an email directly, and we can uh, figure out what to talk about and hopefully uh, move forward from there. So, again, going back into a archived, out of the archived interviews that I've done in the industry over the last couple of years, here's another one coming at you. Here we go. Hi, this is Tom Adams, and I have another great RIM service company startup for you today. I am privileged to say hello today to Chris Haar of United Document Storage in L.A. Chris, are you on the line? Yes, I am, Tom. Chris, welcome. How are you today? I'm fabulous. Thank you. Oh, Chris. good. I am so glad to have you on board. Uh, you you have been one of the guys in this industry that uh, I've kind of watched a little bit and met you a number of years ago and have really kind of been impressed with what you've been doing, and I really wanted to, uh, you to share your story. But before we get into the, the startup story of your business, tell me a little bit about uh, where you are right now. What, what is it that you're doing? What's the, what's the nature of your business right now? Sure. Uh, as you mentioned, the name of our company is called United Document Storage, and we are a full-service information management company, and we are doing on-site uh, document storage, and we are also doing off-site uh, document destruction, and we also do secured tape backup. Okay. Are our primary services at this point. Okay. Uh, tell me, tell me a little bit. Of, uh, well, when when did you start? The, when did you start this business? Or I mean, when, yeah, kind of when? And then uh, I'm going to go a little bit before that. But you you've been around how long? Um, the company has been operational about two years. Okay. Um, I started it probably a year and a half before that because it took some time to find the right facility and complete the business plan and get everything moving forward. Okay, but but essentially two years you've been at this two years, and you you've obviously built something of of value. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Let, let's go back before that. Tell me about your own personal background. Who who are you? Where are you from? What you know? What? T yeah, tell me about you. <laughs> okay, um, I am as you mentioned, my company is in Los Angeles, and I'm actually from Los Angeles. Um, I'm actually a fifth generation from California and a fourth generation from Los Angeles. So these are my roots. Go back here a long, long time. I'm educated here in L.A. I never went away for school. Stayed here both for undergrad and graduate school. 
and my kind of early early careers has been in the in the mortgage banking business mm-hmm. and then after that I got involved in the real estate business for for several years got married have uh, four wonderful children wow and one of my wife's uh, family's businesses is a st- self storage business and they have approximately 35 self storage facilities throughout California, Arizona, and Nevada, while never actually working in that business, I became very familiar with it. I understood the, the annuity of cash flow benefits and just the overall storage model. And so after I was done working for all the big banking companies and real estate companies, I wanted to start doing something entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. And my first venture, if you will, in the entrepreneurial world is I launched a restaurant company with someone who had experience in the restaurant world and built a fabulous Mexican seafood restaurant here in L.A. Really? Ran that for uh, for about three years. It was very exciting and ended up selling that. And it, concurrently, I had a real estate company as well. So I basically sold that, those two businesses and wanted to develop a new business, and spent, uh, spent almost a year looking at different entrepreneurial concepts, different ideas of something that, A, interested in me, and something that had a wonderful upside potential. And, and so what, what, what kind of, you know, did, did, you, did you pursue any a little bit deeper before you hit this one, or? I did. Well, I pursued a lot of your typical... Uh, you know, hobby-type businesses. I love to play golf, so I looked at a lot of golf, you know, concepts, uh, continued to look at maybe some real estate concepts since I had experience in that. And so I looked at some of the lifestyle stuff and realized that that wasn't going to work. Hmm. And someone had said to me, Chris, you know, I know you know about self-storage. Have you ever thought about document storage? And I had been familiar with document storage, and what I did is I spent about six months uh, studying the industry. I, I learned who the you know the public players were and the big private players were, and then I went out and started talking to a bunch of prospective customers and know a lot of people here in Los Angeles, and I knew that the law business, the legal world, is a big user of storage, document storage, and so. I called up all of my attorney friends and took them out to lunch and dinner and said, tell me what you're doing for document storage. Tell me what you like about it and what you don't like about it. So I really wanted to have a customer in hand as I was figuring out how and where I was going to get this company uh, moving forward. That was kind of my first initial steps. So obviously you got to a certain point, and what was what was the key or what was the, the genesis of the the time that you got to the place where you said, okay, I'm going to do this business? What what were all the pieces that had to fall into place for you? The, the pieces had to be number one, a customer in hand. I wanted to make sure that if I, you know, moved forward, that there was going to be customers out there that were looking either for an alternative source or a new source for the very first time. And did you have those? I did. Okay, so those those interviews or those those lunch meetings you did with all these lawyer friends of yours turned you up some customers. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And that was that was the key for me to say the you know, I wrote a I wrote a pretty detailed business plan and I showed him the business plan. I said, "Look, here's what I'm thinking about doing. Give me your ideas, give me your feedback." So so, so step number one was having some customers in hand. And then the second thing I was doing concurrently, because I wasn't from the self-storage or, or from the document storage world, I needed to figure out which vendors that I was going to partner with because a vendor relationship was going to be critical. I wanted to make sure I built the company correctly the first time and had the best vendors and the best, you know, services available as I was going to develop my company. So obviously that had come from a lot of your uh, research in the previous six months, right. realizing how important the vendor base was to your success. Right. And, and a very, very significant resource as I was 
understanding the industry and understanding the vendor options was through the industry's association called PRISM. Okay. And I attended my first PRISM conference well before the company was even launched. And attending the conference was, was in my mind, a, a gold mine. It was a jackpot because there were vendors there, there were booths, there were seminars, there were experienced individuals within the industry that were willing to share with me their experience um, as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. Yeah. So you, customer in hand, you had to figure out the vendor group. Um, was there anything else you needed to before you said, okay, it's it's time to launch this thing? Well, the, the, the biggest and most important and kind of one of the more expensive components was the real estate. So having been in the real estate business for, for many years, I you know got on the phone with, with uh, some people that I've known, and I said, look, here's the kind of – here's the real estate requirement that I have. You know, I wanted to have as high a, high a ceilings as I could get in Los Angeles. We don't get as high as many other parts of the country, but I was trying to get somewhere near 30-foot high clear. And it's not easy in this region, and I wanted to make sure that I had the right fire sprinkler system, the ceiling height, the curb appeal, and, and spent literally probably three months touring different facilities to make sure that it wasn't too big, it wasn't too small, it was the right price. And so I think I got very lucky. Uh, I got very fortunate. I was in the right place at the right time by, by finding the perfect real estate. And it's ironic that a very big player happens to be across the street from me, and there's another big player down the street from me. So I'm in a business park that is very conducive to to document storage. So once I had the real estate, um, that's when I, f you know, I firmly committed and signed the lease and spent money on the deposit and then began to make my vendor decisions for racking and software and the other components necessary to uh, to begin building the company. Okay, so let me uh, let me kind of track you off a little bit here, but um, you you obviously had had a customer in hand. You had your vendor. You you were beginning the vendor uh, determination. Uh, you had a piece of real estate that you were really excited about. Uh, I know that you came out of the restaurant industry and you had built some successful companies already. Did did you need to go outside of yourself for? Uh, for investment, or was this purely a grassroots, um, uh, you know, kicking and screaming your way to, to getting this thing to happen? Sure. Um, from my couple previous ventures, I had liquidated, I had sold out of that, so I had enough capital to get myself launched initially. Okay. And that capital included, you know, real estate deposits, the purchase of the first phase of my racking, the necessary hardware and software and other office infrastructure to get built, along with my first couple of employees. But, but um, I have brought in partners uh, since just to grow, and I'll talk. I can talk more about how I've grown. But I, I, I got it started myself, but I was oh, cool. not able to sustain. I did have to bring in some partnerships. Yeah, because we know that in this industry, uh, capital is such a significant piece of the equation. Correct. Yeah, steel. The prices of steel continue, uh, at least at this time, continue to increase, and you really don't have an option if you need to buy steel. You 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 basically have to, you know, you have to pay whatever the current market rate is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you you you're beginning to put this in place. Uh, you've got a building now. You're so two years ago now. You kind of launched the thing. Tell me a little bit about that launch. Uh, how did how did that all happen? What was what were some of the early, very simple steps that you took to kind of get this business off the ground? Sure. As as I was de as the office was being built, there was no office in the warehouse. So this was just pure warehouse. So I had to assist in the in the design of the office um, and also uh, give my feedback on the racking design. So there was a lot of construction time as this was being built from scratch. And during that development phase, I was very, very active in talking to prospective customers. I had to go out 
And basically, you know, you're selling the company, but it's a brand new entity. So really what you're selling is yourself. These customers have to be confident in your ability. They need to understand that you know what you're doing. Yes, I was brand new to the business, but I had to assure them that I was familiar with the storage industry. Because if you don't, if you don't know the industry, that's okay. But you, you want to be familiar enough with the industry that your customer feels comfortable with your ability. Right. And I spent, I spent several, several months basically getting, you know, getting customers ready. So as soon as my permits were done, because the document storage facility has a number of required permits. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got your building permits for the office, but then you've got your, you know, your fire department permits and it's a very lengthy, lengthy process to get all that done. So as soon as my permits were complete, I wanted to make sure that I had some customers ready um, so I could start generating cash flow, so I could start getting some boxes on the shelf. So uh, right off the beginning, uh, you were, uh, based on all the work and research you'd done in your business plan, were you predominantly, right from the beginning, really just targeting the hard copy storage business? Yes. Initially, okay. I went after uh, I went after hard copy storage. Uh, okay. That that was the first service that we offered, and it takes a long time to generate that. It's, it's, so so just help me just a little bit. How how did you? Okay, so you've got no you've got no existing business, and and I understand where you are. You've got a building. You're selling yourself. How did you get in front of the people that you were going to sell yourself to? That's a big. That's a very important question. Now, remember that I've been in Los Angeles my whole life. I went okay. to school in Los Angeles, and so I needed to figure out two things. I needed to figure out which vertical markets I wanted to go after. The legal business was one, clearly, because of the large volume of paper that, that they create. Also, you've got publicly traded companies, and you've got really, you know, you've got municipalities. You've got certain vertical markets that seem obvious to go after, and I needed to figure out who I knew within those markets or who I knew that may know somebody in the market. And so I, I spent a lot of time, you know, setting up meetings, going to lunches, and really, you know, creating a sales database from scratch. And it is, you know, it's, it, it, you need to be organized, but you also need to be, you have to have great perseverance. Mm-hmm. to continue to make the calls people you know this this service that we provide is usually not a critical service for an organization unless there's a problem with it right so i needed to get out there to to educate these people of the benefits of working with me versus the benefits of their existing vendor and in some cases, they might not even be with an existing vendor, so then I needed to educate them about the benefits of the service in general. And again, it, it, it is a very ongoing you know, sales cycle to be able to get uh, whether the box is transferred over from another company or transferred in from their organization. So, so you're you're out there. You're you're building your you, you know you're doing your design. You're racking. You're building the offices. You're dealing with all that kind of stuff. You're out there pounding the the pavement, as it were, but more so with with groups of people you already had an existing relationship with of of some form yeah. or another. Yeah, that was the starting place. Um, but I also made sure that I got involved with you know groups like Prism and other networking groups here locally um, to inter- to to meet new people. So it, it, it's you, you know, you're you're the you're the first guy in. So you've got to be out there, you know, letting people know what you're doing. And, right. You know, as as the initial entrepreneur, as the initial entrepreneur, if sales is something that you're not comfortable in, you've got to find somebody who's going to go out there to let prospective customers know what you're doing, because not everybody either can sell or like to sell. Yeah, and this this is for especially for a hard copy. I mean, it's it's not a if if you build it, they will come kind of scenario. That's right. That's right. You've got to go out. You've got to go out and create the value and show the benefits. So okay, so you're 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 out there doing that, and your building is ready to to uh, to go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what were you pulling boxes in the first day? Um, not exactly the first day. I think we got our we got our fire permits in in, in November, and we actually had a few hundred boxes in by December. So we were very proud of ourselves. Wow. Um, it wasn't a lot, but you know. Um, it wasn't a lot, but we got a few in from uh, f- from a couple law firms that were willing to give us a chance. And, you know, there's a lot of objection as a new company, you know, going into an existing organization. And the the organizations are skeptical. They're like, well, you're brand new. How do I know you can do this? How do I know you're going to be around? And so it takes a lot of patience to, again, show the benefit on, on how you can do it and, and why it's going to work. And you want to be able to create a reference list so when a company needs, you know, proof, you've got some people that can say, look, give them a try because either I'm using them now or I'm going to use them. Um, And you can use reference lists for people that aren't even your customers yet. If they know you and have worked with you in another capacity in another industry, you know, you want to take advantage of that because it's all about selling yourself first and then you sell the organization second. Right. And so so obviously that was working for you and and um it's it's doing something of value for you. That is correct. Yeah. Tell tell me then about uh you're you're on this path. Um you you've got an approach to getting customers. What were some of the the early frustrations, roadblocks, struggles uh, what, what were some of the things that kind of hit you in that first uh, initial, in those initial stages that were, um, you know, things you had to kind of work your way through, get over, figure out? Um, what, 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 were, what were some of those things? Sure, I think I think I'm gonna let me answer that two different ways. I think some of the very first struggles was just getting through the permitting process of the city we're in and and working through the fire department. Uh, to get our our pile high permit because when you go through a permitting process you don't have a control over that and you try to budget so much money and so much time and the reality is and even through the construction process everything takes longer everything will always take longer and always cost more we've heard that before <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah but isn't it funny how we hear that we hear that hear it and we still don't listen to it oh exactly i mean i i think I put in a cushion of an extra like 90 days or something on on completion of everything and it was even more than the extra three months you know I said I'll put in some contingencies and you know you try to budget cash and do everything and the reality is certain things are out of your control so we'll get past all that initial building permitting stuff and once you get into operation I think my initial frustrations is it wasn't moving fast enough. I mean, I was I budgeted x, you know, x thousands of boxes per month, and it just was not happening. And you know, you've got rent to pay. I've got a couple employees at this point, and you start burning through your cash, and you try to come up with creative ways to generate cash flow. And you know, if you've ever, I don't know, I'm sure you've heard of the term guerrilla marketing. Mm-hmm. You've talked about this a lot in your your uh, your talks, but you really start coming up with real creative ways to uh, build your brand and to begin talking with people about your service and why they should use you. So that was the hardest part. That early, you know, where are the boxes? They're not coming in fast enough. This is taking too long. And my wife just kept telling me, "Look, if it's easy, everybody would be doing it." Yeah. It and it it's a it's a very you know, it's a patient-type process. You're building literally one block at a time, literally. And the one thing that I did every day, and I even do to this day, is I'll open our warehouse door, and I can see how physically well we're doing by the number of boxes we have inside the warehouse. Yeah. Huh. So um, so we continue to move forward, uh, trying to build boxes, and then um, I wanted to add another service besides just, physical paper storage, and started to uh, look into the shredding business because that is a complementary business, I felt, to our box uh, box storage customers and um, was able to um, get involved with an existing shredding company here in the Los Angeles area, and we actually did, uh, I was able to acquire that company um, with a couple shredding trucks 
which was a big boost uh, to the overall revenue and cash flow stream for the company. So that was a that was a good a good win win um, because it brought us some existing shredding customers, which we were able to start selling our storage service to. So okay, so how how long into the process was that? Um, that wasn't too long into the process. That was probably maybe three months into the process. Okay. I realized I was able to kind of forecast that building the box business was going to be slower than I anticipated. Even though everybody wanted to do business with us, it takes time to either leave your existing vendor or it takes time uh, from an internal decision-making process from an organization to make a change. Because, again, the storage part of a, uh, a company's infrastructure is not necessarily mission critical unless there's a problem with it, and most people are not having problems uh, with that particular uh, service of their of their company. Right. Okay. Um, so, what, did you did you have any uh, based on that? Okay, you've, you've you've got some roadblocks. You kind of find some of your way through that. What were some of the the initial early victories you had? Did, was was there certain things that that uh, was there certain milestones? Was there certain uh, clients that you got fairly quickly that that made you go, oh man, I think this is going to work? <laughs> um, you know, I think one of the early kind of confirmations was is I I would always 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 uh, encourage prospective customers to come into the facility for a tour, even though there was literally no boxes on the racks yet. And they would come to the business park we're in. They would look at our building. They would look at our office and at the the system, the racking system we've built, and also learn about the process and, and how we're going to do things. And we were getting a lot of lot of affirmation. You know, this looks good. We get a feeling for what you're doing. We understand it. So customers were were very positive off of just the physical uh the physical facility. So that was that was one of the good first confirmations, but Can I just ask you a quick question there? Yeah. Did, did you do something specific? Obviously you've got you've got little or no boxes on your shelf. Did you do something so that when they came to see your facility uh there was this sense that that you knew what you're doing, or or is it just empty racks they're looking at? Well, I think I think number one, the the office is very professional looking. Okay. Um, it's very clean. Um, we have a nice conference room, and we have some 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 information on the walls that that we can sit down with and explain to our customers on the process of how the storage process works. Um, I mean, the racking was brand new, and it is big, so it is impressive. Um, but I think it was the fact that the customers realized the facility was secure, safe, um, and it was it, it it was everything that we had been talking about. Plus, the business park we're in is very clean, safe, and attractive as well. So the overall, you know, the, the overall package, if you will, gave our customers confidence in the fact that even though we're a new business, we're committed. Um, we're committed because yeah. of the investment we've made and the whole general setup. If it was in the back of a dark alley, we might not have given the same initial first impression. Okay. Okay, sorry, I took you off track there, but it so part of it was just the fact that your building was a very professionally done building right. and and so that in and of itself as people were coming into your facility was 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 helping them to say, "Oh, you guys know what you're talking about. You're you're in this you're in this business, right? So that was okay. a good that was a good first victory. And I think another one is is just any time somebody will take a meeting with you. I mean, it's a great feeling. Sure, you know, I will take an hour out of my day to listen to you about your company. Uh, that is always a great victory. That that is, you know, the salesperson's dream of of being able to set up appointments and go in and really have a good discussion to to provide your service and, and solve some issues for the customer. Um, so that, that was that was big. I think that would probably be number two. And number three really is hiring uh, good employees, getting, getting those initial employees that are taking a, a risk to want to work with you in building your company. I didn't bring in family, and I know a lot of 
you know, startups would bring in family members to help out. But I actually went out and, you know, did not bring in family members and brought in people that saw the vision and, and that, that I had put together on the direction we were going with this company. And so that's a very satisfying, very rewarding um, component of, of starting up a business from scratch is getting getting good people on board with you to, to help build something with you. So uh, what what were some of the initial ones that you did? I mean, what, what was some of the initial hiring you did to, 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 to sort of support that whole sense of you were going down the right path? Sure. Um, well, the first my first hire was my operations manager, and he was uh, not experienced in the industry, but I knew he had the work ethic and the knowledge to grow within the industry. And okay. we spent a lot of time together, you know, making sure that he learned and I learned and we both learned as we, you know, started building this business together. And you need someone that's going to be able to communicate with you and that is going to work just as hard as you because you, that's the only option you have is you've got to work your tail off. Right. And to put in the hours necessary to... Um, to get things moving. Okay. So, and and that was that was your first hire, basically. My first hire. That's right. And obviously, that was a good one for you, or <laughs> well, I'm hoping anyway. Yeah. No, he's still with me, and he's grown uh, and learned a lot about the business, and has really become uh, the backbone of of the actual operation in in making things happen uh, every single day. Was there any any kind of wonderful client acquisition or any any kind of um, thing right off like in those early stages that again was um, that that was part of the you know again a, a big win for you? Yeah, I think so. I can I can remember the first law firm, big law firm, that um, agreed to leave their existing vendor after 22 years, and. If they took a big risk, uh, you know, to come move over to us, and it was a lot of boxes, and we paid the, you know, the permanent removal fee and cut a good deal to make it a win-win for both of us. And that first really big client win was based on an existing relationship of one of the partners who went to bat uh, internally. Uh, but I still had to prove ourselves. I mean, he he was rooting for us, but I still had to prove ourselves and our company that we would be able to service them, uh, if not better than the service that they were currently getting. So that was big. That got us on the map. That got us going. And that's that's great. So so tell me some of the the besides the uh, sort of uh, getting in the get talking to people you know, mm-hmm. um, talking to uh, some of the different. Um, people that you met in networking groups and stuff like that. Was there another set of things you were doing at that time that kind of helped um, kind of create some momentum for you in terms of marketing, in terms of the, the approach that you were taking? Sure. I, I think um, besides the, uh, you know, there was the industry association. I started getting involved in a, in a legal association. Okay. Well. So I was joining, I, I was using very much of a rifle approach. I wasn't using a shotgun marketing approach because, again, I was going after specific industries within and also a specific demographic region. And I wanted to make sure that I was utilizing all my resources, and this included you know, colleagues from the past real estate companies I, I was at, you know, because we did a lot of business with a lot of different customers throughout California, so we knew a lot of different businesses. So I really, really uh, relied heavily on my network um, to get me the introductions. And one of the things I had learned that if somebody introduces you to, you know, a prospective customer, and that customer necessarily can't help you, I was networking off of that person, saying, well, gee, if you can't use our service or not interested in using our service, who do you know that might be interested in using our service? And so that was helping. That was helping us create um, uh, a little bit of momentum. 
So oh. kind of a, a, a joint or, or like a joint referral strategy structure that you had going pretty quickly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, you know, as the initial and solo, you know, salesperson of the company, I had to, I had to, you know, make market penetration. I had to get myself out there. Yeah. You know, going to lunches, dinners, events. I would do it through my alumni association. I would do it through my, you know, professional associations and other civic associations and civic events just to say, hey, you know, but I'd always carry business cards with me. I mean, talk yeah. about guerrilla marketing. I'd be in the grocery store and, you know, <laughs> run into someone and say, hey, I'm now in the storage and shredding business, you know, card. call me. I named our softball team the Shredders. You know? No, that's so funny. It's great. You know, I play softball and, and uh, believe it or not, three people from my team called me after the season was over. They're like, yeah, I can use your shredding service. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So I the spreaders. That's that's hilarious. Yeah, we're in our third season. So it's oh, that's good. And how, how how are you doing? We're It's a co-ed softball team, and it's an absolute blast, and it's so much fun, and we have a great time. And we do pretty oh. good. So. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, when when did you feel like, and, and, I, and I'm not even sure maybe you're even at that point yet, because I, I know part of the startup thing, especially in this industry, is so difficult uh, in terms of capital and all that kind of stuff. Right. But when did you feel like you had um, you had reached that point where you had enough momentum going that that you went okay? Not that we're we've achieved it, not that we've arrived, but you just felt like yeah, we're going the right direction now. Not not just those early wins, but that sense of okay, we got enough momentum to to not feel like I'm I'm going to starve the rest of this month or whatever. Yeah, you know that's a really good question. Um, I, I think that you know we we were maybe just about there. It um, it's a good two year uh, process. It's a good two years because you know the amount of capital, and and I mentioned early on that I did bring in partners for that particular reason, because as you continue to you know hire more people, you've got to pay those people, and and obviously you've got to bring in more customers uh, to to generate more cash flow. But, you know, are we where I want us to be? And I can sit back and kind of take a breath and say, gee, you know, we've cleared the hump and and things are just cruising. You know, I I can't say we're there yet. I think we've got a lot of work left to do. Um, It's a big market, and, you know, we've we've got some good successes, and we've got lots of boxes, and we're doing lots of shredding, and we're starting to get involved in – more and more in the in the in the the the, the backup of uh, media tape storage business, but this is a, you know this is facility number one and and I look at this as the prototype as the model. Um, by by no way is this um, the end of it because we're going to be filling up this facility. Um, our first facility, which I'll share, is is uh, 25,000 square feet. So it's not huge, but it's not small. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to have this filled up uh, by the end of next year. And then we've got to go either expand here or, or need to find another location. But we've, um, you know, we've still got a lot more work to do. Yeah. Well, and, it, and that seems to be the case with, with everyone in the industry. It's uh, even those who have been around, you know, for 10, 20, 30 years are getting to the point now where they're also saying, hey, you know, we, we've got to keep growing this thing. We've got to keep uh, figuring out a way to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's one of the interesting, I think one of the interesting reasons that this industry is so small uh, is because it is such a different kind of business to be in. Although there's some, you know, there's some business principles that make this a great Industry, mm. uh, it, it's a hard, it's a it's a hard long process to to make this thing work. It really is. This is not a, a get rich quick type of industry. This is, as I mentioned early on, this is a one block at a time business. It's it's one customer at a time, and one customer can be very large or it can be very small. And you know you've got to be able to service those customers. You've got to be able to, you know, get to them when they need you. Besides kind of being vertical in your orientation uh, in terms of really targeting niche uh, verticals, was there is there something else that you kind of decided was going to set you apart? Was going to was going to you know put you in the because L.A. is not an uncompetitive marketplace. Right. 
Were, were you uh, deliberately trying to position yourself in a certain way, or or did, had you kind of done much uh, as it related to that? Yeah, I think I think branding and positioning. The, you know, the focus that I was looking at was number one, customer service. I mean, the, the economics have to be there. That that's that's said for itself. You've got to be economically competitive. Um, but it's the way you treat your customers. It's the way that, you know, we want to be a service to our customer, but we also want to be a partner with our customer. And I think what happens with, with the competition sometimes is they, it's not that they forget about it. It's just for whatever reason, they don't do it as much as they once did. And I'm a very you know, very customer-driven type person, and I want feedback from my customers. How are we doing? What can we do better? What else can we provide you? And support them. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I keep talking about the legal industry. They're not the only industry, but we're very active within that industry. Okay. And, you know, we sponsor events. We sponsor golf tournaments. We participate, and they know that we're committed to their industry. As well as as well as others. I mean, when we get involved with the municipalities, I mean, if there's a vendor fair or some type of event that they're looking for our support, we give it to them. You know, we want it to be a win-win type of relationship, and I think that's setting us apart a great deal. Okay. Um, looking back, what? And again, it's been a couple of years, basically three and a half, when you include all the upfront research. But but what were what are some of the big lessons you've learned along the way? Well, let's see. Lesson number one, it's going to take longer and cost more money. I mentioned that earlier on, and and, and that is so true. Um, you know, we put together business plans and models, and those business plans and those models need to be changed on a regular basis. Um, okay. Lesson number two is you can never burn a bridge with any vendor or any customer, regardless of how frustrated you may become. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm going to throw in, i got to throw in, you know, or City Hall, you know, or planning. Okay. Or planning. Wait, so was there, there, is there a story behind that or, <laughs> or, or one that you don't want to tell me? Uh, well, I mean, let's just put it this way. We've all, I'm sure everybody you're talking to, you know, everyone, everyone's got, you know, was, is probably ready to kill the, the, the building inspector or the planning department because they will ask for things that don't make sense um, at certain times, but you've got to kind of play their game a little bit. And, and you just never want to burn a bridge um, with with the building department, um, a vendor or a customer, because the business world is a small world. And even if a customer or a prospective customer um, chose not to work with us, you know, those people don't stay with the organization forever. So if they're with an organization, you know, they may leave and go with organization B, and you may end up doing business with them. And I've had to bite my tongue a few times when someone just does something very unreasonable and doesn't see the benefit, um, you know, and you want to go tell them to jump off a cliff when, in fact, they may end up, you know, at another locate, another another firm, and then you may end up doing business with them. It is, it is such a lesson, though, because uh, as much as we want timelines to go really quickly, uh, I, I, People just don't move when you want them to move. They move when they're ready to move. That's right. And you can you could show them they can save a hundred percent. You know, come move, come come work with me. You know, I'll save you a hundred percent, or I'll give it to you for free. You know, you come. I mean, not not really, but you know, yeah. you, you show them the benefits that are pretty black and white, and they're still not making a decision. And it does get a little frustrating, and you've got bills to pay and employees to pay. Um, you know, you've, you know, the, the lesson learned there is, is you've got to have a very, very, very active sales pipeline um, at all time because, you know, one transaction may take 18 months to complete or 12 months to complete, and, you know, you just can't, you just can't wait on a particular transaction because you don't necessarily have control over it. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's that, that is. Um that's a that's a huge piece of of especially this the startup piece in this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and having having talked to so many other people, that that one is just continues to 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 be the one that keeps coming back to the forefront is <laughs> this sense that we think it's going to happen overnight. The reality is it takes a long time, and you've you've got to be prepared to live with the burn. 
Hey, the, the the best saying I've ever heard is it takes years to become an overnight success. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that, that to me goes back to a number of things you said. Like, I mean, you, you, you talked about getting lucky with the real estate. Well, the fact is you had put six months of effort into finding the real estate, and, you know, you get lucky because you put six months of finding it in. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, that, that to me is, is a really important piece. Um any other big lessons uh, in, in terms of of getting customers um, where 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 you have you know had unique success in finding them, or or conversely in in an area that you you know you screwed up on? That, that if you, if you could go back again and do it, knowing what you know now, two years, three and a half years later, are there any things you might have done differently? Well, I think the only other kind of things I can toss out that may be helpful is. You've got to be a, a good listener. I mean, I could have maybe listened a little bit better in, in some of the sales presentations. I always think I do do a good job listening. Um, many times as a new company, we're very excited to, to, to talk about ourselves and talk about how great we are and talk about our services where we really need to listen carefully on, on what the customer's needs are and what they're looking for and how to – get our service to fit into what they're looking for. And I think there was maybe some business out there that I might have lost um, because either I wasn't patient enough or I wasn't listening enough. Um, and I think early on, too, there was an, there was there's this very big piece of business that, who knows, one day might occur, but I, I think I banked on it a little bit more than I should have last year in my budget. And so at the end of the year, you kind of look at what you wanted to get done, and you're like, well, what happened? How did I miss it so much? And the reality is is you can't say I've got five prospects and all five of them are going to close. Yeah. You might only get one to close this year or two to close, but the others, you know, two may close in two years and one may never close. Right. So as an entrepreneur, I'm a very, very optimistic, positive person, and sometimes that, <laughs> that um, you know, rolls over into my sales projections and uh, you know people wonder what I was drinking that night. So so maybe the piece of advice or or one of the pieces of advice back to anyone who else might potentially be starting is is take your projections and and uh really um massage those out of your entrepreneurial bent yep. um and and into a more realistic one. Yeah, well my my investor my investor team told me Chris we love we love your numbers but we've now realized that we're going to take your numbers and cut them in half. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's not an uncommon thing I think with entrepreneurs in general right. uh but but also uh in in this industry specifically because of the nature of the industry um you know it, it's it's always I I remember doing projections on my own and going yeah oh yeah I can do that I can do that do that and then you, you realize after you know kind of banging your head against the wall for a while that it certainly takes a whole lot longer than you ever anticipated that's right yeah um I, you're, you're again. You're you're pretty much you're you're a rookie. You've 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 got some some uh, you know some good experience under your belt now. But you happen to meet at a conference, or you meet somebody else from an uncompetitive marketplace, and they sit down with you, and uh, you've only got you've only got one piece of advice you can share with them. Of all the stuff you've learned, of all the stuff you've experienced, of all the stuff that's come across your plate, what's the one thing that you would hammer home to them if you had a few moments to do that? Oh, gosh, what a great question. Um, the one piece of advice is just in terms of starting it up from scratch. I just need to ask some clarification. Or in terms of generating business or just in general. In, from all the stuff that you've experienced in the last two and a half, three years, I mean, just what's the one thing you would hammer home? You would you would grab them by the ears and you'd go, "Listen to me." Uh, it's, it's, what, what what might that be? Whether it be you know whether it be sales related, whether it be startup, whatever it is. You know, I think what I would tell them is is you've got to balance it. You've got to balance the, all the hats that you have to wear because. It is a lot of hats. You've got your sales hat, your operational hat, your finance hat, your legal hat, your recruiting hat, your problem-solving hat. Um, it, it, it takes a lot of balance and try not to get overwhelmed because you are growing something um, 
potentially from zero, assuming the person's never been in the business before, and you've got to balance it, and you've just got to be patient and consistent. And if you can balance it, and you can be patient, and you can do it day after day after day, you will make progress, and you will become successful. And that is something that I tell myself all the time. My wife reminds me all the time. And you want to be realistic on how long it's going to take. Yeah. Wow. So, big question. Mm-hmm. Are you having fun? I am having a blast. I am, I'm having the best time, and it's summertime here in L.A., and I've got two of my kids helping me in the warehouse. And they're having a blast and learning about the business a little bit. Um, and at the end of the day, I must say, I'm having a blast because I'm helping our customers. I'm providing hmm. something to our customers to make their business and their job better. And that's a very fulfilling and very rewarding for me. Wow. Any last words? Any last words? Yeah. Um, I guess if people are interested in starting up, I'm always available if anyone would like to contact me. I'd like to make myself available like those before me have made themselves available to talk about the business and talk about the industry. And I recommend that people attend you know, the PRISM conference to learn about the storage world and those services and NAID regarding the shredding world um, because those associations are very, very beneficial uh, for for people interested in this industry, and it's a dynamic industry, and it's an evolving industry, and there's a lot of opportunity in this industry, and I'm uh, and I'm having a blast. Very cool, Chris. I I love your story. I uh, I I'm you know I'm excited for where you are and what what you're doing, and um, it's been it's kind of been a pleasure to watch from a distance uh, what what's happening for you and i look forward to seeing kind of what where you go because you are a i think you're one of the uh one of the the young stars in the industry so uh thank you so much for sharing us your story and uh, i appreciate it very much you're welcome Tom. take care okay thanks for joining us on the rim pro report with tom adams if you enjoyed the show Please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com, where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.